the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you with me. My name is Jeremy Stallnecker, and I'm excited to share the guest that we have on with us today with you. This is, of course, the show where we do our best every week to give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture, and uh, we certainly are in a moment in time. I, I feel like I say this every week because things are changing so quickly right now, but we're at a moment in time where culture is shifting, decisions are being made that impact all of us, whether we like it or not, and we need to have the right information to make the best decisions, and that's what this show is all about. We're living through a moment in time that I think many of us would define or describe as dark. Every generation has had their dark times. Every generation has had their uh, moments, some very short, some longer, that they would have to say, this is hard. It is confusing. It's dark. We don't know what to do. How do we move forward? As a country, we're living through one of those times right now. And this is not about being left or right. This isn't about politics. This is simply about acknowledging that the world around us in so many ways is out of control. It's confusing. And here at home with our kids doing the things that we do, uh, we want to make the best decisions, but we don't always know how. One of the bedrock truths that we try to communicate on this show, but that has been communicated for generations is this. Faith is what we need to hang on to in dark and difficult times. Uh, I would like to tell you that everyone that I speak to understands that. I would love to tell you that every politician who represents us on the right understands that. But the truth is, and you know this, that's just not the case. Even those who consider themselves to be conservative don't always understand the importance of faith. Thankfully, today, our guest is someone that does. And we have the opportunity today to speak with Josh Mandel. Josh is the former Ohio State, or a former Ohio State representative, former treasurer of Ohio, and is currently running for U.S. Senate from the state of, you guessed it, Ohio. And uh, Josh is with us, also a Marine Corps veteran, just talking about that a little bit, served in uh, the same places with a lot of the same people, and uh, really excited to have him with us. Josh, thanks for joining us today. Very, very happy to have you with us. Hey, man. Great to be on. Um, Let's, let's start. I want to jump into this topic, but before we do, give us your story. Talk to us about you know, kind of where you came from, some of your, your military service, and what drove you to doing what you do now as a, as a politician representing your state. Sure. M most of it was inspired by my grandparents. About 80 years ago in a town called Kelts, Poland, the Nazis walked into the home of my grandfather, Joe, his five siblings, mom and dad pulled them out of their home, put them on cattle cars, and took them to the Nazi death camps. My grandfather, who was sort of young and strong, he went one way to be worked. And then his mom, dad, and five siblings perished in the gas chambers. Mm. And at that very same time, as my grandfather was in the camps, 
my grandma Fernanda, she was in Italy. It was my grandma Fernanda, my aunt Marietta, my aunt Renata, and my uncle Mario. And they were Italian Jews, which is relatively uncommon. Uh, they went back many generations in Italy. And during World War II, there were about 50,000 Italian Jews. And as the Nazis were rising in other parts of Europe, in Hungary and Poland and Austria and Czechoslovakia, and they were slaughtering innocent people. The word got to Italy and where my grandmother was from in Torino, Italy, as word got there, there was this network of very courageous Christians who got together and said, we're not going to allow that to happen here in Italy. Mm. We're not going to allow that to happen here in our backyard. And this network of very courageous Christians took in the kids in their community in Torino. And one of those kids was my grandma, Fernanda. She was hidden and saved by an incredibly courageous Christian family. And if you think about that level of courage that that Christian family exhibited, if the Nazis would have knocked on their door, they would have not only killed my grandmother, they would have killed the entire Christian family as well. And I believe that level of courage, that level of strength, it comes from only one place, and that's one's faith, one's belief in God. And, you know, there's so, there's so many parts of Scripture that we can reference that that, that that family might have gone to to harness that strength. One of them might have been Joshua 1.9, where the, the Lord directs us to walk courageously and be right. strong and right. not be dismayed and not be afraid that if we walk courageously, he will walk with us and protect us. And I believe that that courageous Christian family, they harness belief in God and their, their faith to, to give them that strength to protect my grandmother and these other innocent kids and save them. And at the very same time as my grandmother was being hidden and saved and my grandfather was in the camps, my other grandfather from here in the Cleveland area he was wearing the uniform of our great country. Right. Uh, the, he was serving in the United States Army Air Corps. And so fast forward to when I was growing up around our Sunday evening dinner tables and family barbecues and family holiday functions, I'd hear these stories about that time in my family's life and our nation's history and our world's history. And while they came from completely different perspectives, ultimately – they arrived at the same conclusion and they hammered into me growing up that in this life, I owe two debts, two debts to two very powerful forces, two debts to two very powerful forces that, but for these forces, I wouldn't be here today. One of those debts is to the U S military, brave young men and women in places like Iwo Jima, and Normandy and Omaha Beach who paid the ultimate sacrifice so you and I can live free and have this discussion today and that second very powerful force to which I owe an eternal debt is courageous Christian people Yeah, made it possible for me to be here and so in my life to answer your original question I've been trying to pay back those debts Hmm. and trying to pay back the debt to the US military I, I joined the Marine Corps as you mentioned, did a couple tours in Iraq in trying to pay back that debt to men and women of faith 
courageous Christians. I've been a real warrior in my time in the state legislature and state treasurer and moving forward as a U.S. senator, a real warrior for religious liberty, religious freedom, and the Judeo-Christian bedrock of America. I believe that Judeo-Christian bedrock is under assault by the secular left, by the media. And I believe it's time to fight to protect those values. Yeah. And there's so many differentiating factors, you know, that, that differentiate that Judeo-Christian belief set against radical Islam or atheism or other beliefs. But one of the main differentiating factors is our acknowledgement of good versus evil and our willingness to fight yeah. for good over evil. Yeah. And as you and I know, and your viewers and listeners know, there's a lot of evil in this world right now and mm. in this country. And the only way to defeat it and overcome it is with fighters. No more jelly need Republicans, no more squishy establishment Republicans, no more rhinos. Now is the time for fighters. And I'm running for the U.S. Senate to go to Washington to fight, to protect that Judeo-Christian ethic, to protect the liberty and freedom we enjoy as Americans, and to protect traditional values that are under assault from every direction in this country. Yeah, that's good. Um, man, there's so much good there. I, I'd like to talk about all of it, but let me ask this question first. Um, if someone were to go to your website, what they would see is essentially three blocks, um, pro-God, pro-gun, uh, I was going to say family, but pro-God, pro-gun, pro-Trump. Um, front and center, you don't hide that, that's who you are. How has that been received by uh, whether it's the constituents in your state or others as you travel and speak and, and talk about that. Again, thankfully you don't hide it, but not everyone agrees with you. How has that been received? Well, it depends on uh, who you're asking. If you ask the uh, like squishy establishment rhinos in the Republican Party, they ridicule me and make fun of me and try to throw marbles under my feet. Hmm. If you ask the never-Trumpers who are running against me or the pro-impeachment Republicans who are running against me, they laugh at me and ridicule me and attack me. But if you ask the people. Yeah. And that's who matters. <laughs> that's who matters. They are all out behind me. I got to tell you, uh, instead of running this campaign through traditional Republican Party groups like my opponents are, I'm actually running this campaign through churches. We are sidestepping mm. the Republican Party groups and running it through churches. We're creating these events. We call them faith and freedom rallies, faith and freedom town halls. We did one in a church called Victory and Truth Ministries. This church is literally in the middle of a soybean field in rural Bucyrus, Ohio. We had 250 patriots show up there. Wow. We did one in Finley, Ohio, rural Finley, Ohio. 270 people showed up to First Nazarene of Finley. We did one in Lebanon, Ohio. It's about midway between Dayton and Cincinnati. Yeah. We had over 500 people show up to Solid Rock Church there. And I can tell you, these patriots, these men and women of faith, who are showing up to these events, many of them have never been to a political event in their life, but they understand that I am fighting to protect the hearts and minds and lives of the kids and grandkids of America, and it's worth fighting for. And so people are stepping up and make no mistake, the secular left and the radical left, they're trying to indoctrinate our children. They're trying to teach our kids to hate America. They're trying to teach our kids to be ashamed to be Americans. They're trying to teach our kids that America was founded somehow to protect racism and slavery and listen that's all garbage we need to teach our kids to be proud to be americans that our country was founded on the principles of 
liberty and freedom, not not racism and right. slavery. That we are the best and most extraordinary experiment of democracy in the history of the world. Right. We should be teaching our kids what Martin Luther King preached, that we should judge people based on the content of our character, not the color of our skin. It's why we must so strongly combat this critical race theory, because critical race theory is all about dividing kids and dividing America down racial lines. We need to stand up strongly for the religious liberty of pastors. You know, I get attacked by the liberal groups and the liberal media because I'm doing these political events at churches and they say, well, you can't do that. You know, separation of church and state. That's baloney. Nowhere in the U S constitution. Do you read about separation of church in state? In fact, the history of our nation in 1776, when very brave men were marching through the snow with blood on their feet and they thought it was all over, they thought they couldn't go any further. What did they do? They stopped and they prayed. Sure. In 1787, when they were writing the Constitution and they were arguing and yelling and they were coming to fisticuffs, they were so angry with each other, the framers of the Constitu- Constitution, and they thought they, they, they had encountered insurmountable obstacles. What did they do? They stopped and they prayed. And the reality is that prayer and that Judeo-Christian foundation, it's at the core of who we are as Americans. It's under assault right now, and we got to fight to protect it. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. When uh, a lot of people look at someone like you that would talk about faith as a politician, they would say, and many do, that faith and politics are not compatible. Obviously, very clearly, you don't believe that, um, and I agree with you. But what do you say to those that suggests that faith has no place in government? Now, again, we can look back historically. The history of the United States is is, is a history um, entirely based on faith, not just faith, but faith in God. <laughs> um, and, and we could talk about that all day long. When someone says that that was then and this is now, faith no longer has a place in the public square. Politicians should not talk about faith. How do you address that? What, what's the benefit of faith to a politician that understands it? Listen, I say to them very clearly that we would not be here right now were it not for faith. That it's not by accident that you know one nation under God right. uh, is on so many of uh, the documents in the history of this country, not to mention... Uh, currency. 
uh, here in Ohio, we have a, a state motto, with God, all things are possible. Mm. And the left can do everything they want. The media can do everything they want to try to erase that history from our country. Uh, but it's not going to be erased. We're not going to yeah. allow it to be erased. And we have to protect it. And it's just, just the reality. And, and listen, I have found that oftentimes I'm fighting Republicans on this. Right. When I was in the House of Representatives, we had a Republican Speaker of the House here in Ohio who was trying to censor what pastors could say, like what, what prayers they can give in the opening legislative sessions. Yeah. And I stood up and, and I, I stood up for these pastors and I said, listen, they can say whatever they want. They were getting attacked for saying Jesus's name on the floor of the house. And I said, we should allow clergy into the people's house, the yeah. Ohio house representatives to give any prayer they want. You can't be censoring right. pastors. I mean, right. that, that's insane. And so, yeah, yeah, I was even fighting Republicans when I, I, stood up to pass the heartbeat bill here in Ohio. A heartbeat bill was a important bill to, to stop abortions when a heartbeat can be detected. Right. And we had Republicans who were trying to delay it and throw marbles under our feet. And so, you know, my message to your listeners and viewers is if they're interested in more Liz Cheney's or Mitt Romney's and that those kind of people in the Republican party, then I'm probably not your guy. But if you're interested in more Jim Jordans, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Donald Trump, mm. I am your guy. I'm a yeah. fighter. Yeah. I think that the time for bipartisanship is not now. Time for civility in Washington, not now. Now is the time for fighters. Right. If we're going to defeat Pelosi, Schumer, Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, AOC, they're trying to bring down our country. If we're going to defeat them, we need fighters, not squishy establishment Republicans who want to play footsie with Pelosi and play footsie with Schumer and do bipartisan legislation. We need fighters to defeat them. How do we get back as a nation? Uh, and, you know, we need fighters in uh, Congress. We need fighters who represent us. But as Americans, how do we get back to the place of first principles? We go back to what it was we were... Uh, founded upon the reason our founding fathers and and their parents and grandparents came to the United States. Um, how do we get back to those principles as Americans? We need politicians. We need good policy. We need good laws. But as a dad, as a family, as someone who works hard and you know tries to make ends meet and struggles through like everyone else does, how do we get back to that? Yeah, so it's something I think about every day. It's something I pray about all the time. I'm a dad. I uh, have three little kids, Gideon, who's five years old, Judah, who's six years old, and Rosie, who's eight years old. Yeah. And they just started school two days ago, and I'm doing this for them. I, I know what you're doing. You're doing for your kids and grandkids of this country. And, you know, last night we had a get-together in a town called uh, Steubenville, Ohio. It's a town that... 10, 15 years ago, was very depressed, um, right on the Ohio River, looking across the river in uh, Wheeling, West Virginia. And now it's economically having a comeback. And we talked last night at this get-together about the importance of family, Yeah. how family is everything, and family and faith gets us through tough times, and family and faith keeps us humble in good times. And one of, uh, one of the guys there, his name is Joe, older guys, probably in his 70s, not in his 80s. 
when I, I did the Q and a, uh, he said, uh, when were you born? And I, I told him, you know, September 27th, 1977. And he said to me, he said, well, after hearing you talk and after hearing your story and after hearing why you're doing this, he said, I think you've answered two of the most important questions that all of us try to answer when we were born and why we were born. Sure. He said, we all know the when, but often it takes us a long time in our life to figure out the why. Yeah. And he said, I think you've figured out your why. Now go do it. Hmm. And part of that why is to protect those first principles that you just very articulately described. Yeah. You have a, a really unique history, I think, in that your family understood their history and then communicated that to the kids and the grandkids so that you could grow up. And now I'm sure you're communicating that to your own children. And when we talk about first principles, I think having the ability to communicate our own history, our family history, um, why it is that you know our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents came to the United States or what it is they learned or why they built. And telling those stories, I think, is lacking in so many homes today. And because of that, we don't know why we're even here. And yeah, yeah to your point, knowing that you were born is important, <laughs> but knowing why and knowing where you came from and the price that was paid to get us there uh, fundamentally changes how we look at the world. Yeah, it's well said, well said. You know, I, my kids are young, as I mentioned, so yeah. I'm trying to, you know, just gradually piece by piece teach them. And uh, yeah. it's, it, it's in Hebrew, there's this term, Lidor Vador, and it means generation to generation. And it's something that, you know, I think is important for right. us to really grasp and appreciate the heaviness right. uh, and the weight we, we carry on our shoulders. That's right. When we're right now, like we're, we're, we're in age-wise, like we're in our prime and we can make an impact and we can be leaders but it's a moment in time, you know, before we, we snap a finger, we're going to be in our seventies or our eighties and it's time to pass the baton to the next generation. And, you know, it's important that, you know, we understand that generation to generation passing on of the traditions yeah. of this country and of our heritage and of our families. That's right. I mean, that at the end of the day, you know, that's when you think of the word conservative and you think of what separates the conservative movement with, with liberals, it's that, you know, we as conservatives, we believe in one nation under God, and the liberals believe in one nation under government. And so when you're a liberal and you believe in one nation under government, the rules and the traditions just change, right? They, 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 yep. they, just, yep. they can just make them up as they go along. Yep. But we as conservatives believe in one nation under God. The rules don't change. The traditions don't change. You know, we pass them on generation to generation. Yeah. I think... Uh this is a conversation I've had and normally I get shot down in the middle of this conversation and then I just kind of go, okay. But I, I realize that there are politicians on both sides of the aisle, left and right, liberal and, you know, they'd at least label themselves conservative that are bought and paid for their motives are profit or power or something else. But I, I really also believe that what you just said nails so many of the conflict that we have, uh, conflicts that we have conservatives just look at the world different than liberals. 
And so, you know, it's not that everyone who's on the left side of the aisle hates America or hates us or, you know, wants to see bad things happen to their children. They just view the world different. And they think that uh, the way they are pursuing where the government provides and takes care of us and keeps us safe and, you know, (laughs) prevents us from hurting ourselves, um, that that's the right way. And Again, when, you know, uh, Rush Limbaugh years ago used to talk about uh, the war of ideas and talk about how it is our responsibility to communicate why we believe what we believe instead of just what we believe. That's so important. And, you know, maybe we can't convince others, but we can teach a generation that's coming up behind us why what we believe as conservatives is important and why it is uh, a way that at least aligns to what God created us to do. Absolutely. And you think about, like, God created Adam and Eve and who we are as people, the Democrats, the liberal, the left, they just change it. And like, you know, yeah. you know, all thousands of years of history. So you think, I'll give an example. So less than 10 years ago, okay, less than 10 years ago, when Barack Obama was running for re-election in 2012, he was already the president of the United States for four years. He was running for re-election in 2012. He was against gay marriage. Mm. Barack Obama. Now, here we are nine years later, and the left is trying to tell us that boys can be girls and girls can be boys and that eight-year-olds can pick their gender right? and that there's 23 genders to pick. From. I mean, think about this. <laughs> so you go from nine years ago, Barack Obama running for re-election, the sitting president, Obama, running for re-election in 2012, yep. was against gay marriage. And now nine years later, his party has gone so far that they're trying to allow eight-year-olds to pick their gender. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's insane. I mean, it's, it's just, insane. and that, you know, that right there is just like a fundamental illustration of the difference between liberals and conservatives. Yeah. And, it's and our- shame on the... Uh, Shame on the Republicans who campaign as conservatives and then get to Washington pr- provide cover for this garbage. And, and that's why, you know, our faith, it anchors us, right? That's what yeah. keeps us from shifting with the winds of a culture and a society that's always in upheaval. Yeah. Um, Listen, I have a guy who works for me. His name's Charlie Lovett. And, you know, he talks very eloquently about you know, faith and politics because, you know, the left is like, oh, you can't mix the two. And what Charlie says, and I agree with, is his politics are dictated by his faith. Right. That's right. And, you know, when you see squishy establishment Republicans or you see Democrats who want to take God and faith out of everything, they're trying to really erase history. Right. And, you know, I'm the same way as Charlie and you know, we have another person who works for us as our communications director. Her name's Jillian Anderson. You know, she feels the same way, and she posted something online the other day that was, you know, very articulate in respect to faith and politics and the fact that her politics are dictated by her faith, and that is why she, she so strongly is for protecting innocent babies yeah, and protecting the unborn. Yeah. And standing up for traditional values and yeah that's what this is all about and so yeah your viewers and your listeners they should know that yes i'm running for the u.s senate and yes i'm going to be the next senator from ohio but i'm also trying to surround myself with people who can be accountability partners and 
advisors who philosophically see the world the same way. And so if any of your listeners or any of your viewers would like to get involved with our campaign, I would love to get them involved. They don't have to be here in Ohio. This is a national race. Yeah. Um, our website's very easy. It's joshmandel.com, J-O-S-H-M-A-N-D-E-L.com. They can go on there to donate or volunteer, or they can just email um, Charles, who works on my campaign. His email is real easy. It's charles at joshmandel.com. Awesome. Josh Mandel, man, I hope we can talk again. And uh, I hope when you're in our area, uh, we can make that work. We can connect. Maybe we can do a, a show in person. That'd be awesome. We can sit down together and, and talk through some of this stuff. But uh, appreciate your service to our country. Um, and in conjunction with that, but more importantly, your, your service to, uh, to God and your understanding of why we do this stuff. It's not for us. <laughs> um, and it uh, is so important that we understand the faith is the foundation on which the rest of it's built. So Josh, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, look forward to talking again very soon. Thanks. And hey, I should invite you out. Anytime you want to hop in the Jeep and crisscross Ohio with us, uh, open invitation. And uh, So I'll tell you this, and uh, for those that kind of watch the show or listen to the show, we have programs across the country for veterans and active duty service members. One of our locations is in Columbus. So oh, really? uh, yeah, next time, I, here, next time I get out there, uh, then we'll do it. That'd be awesome. All right. So, very cool. Five. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate Josh's perspective on uh, all of the topics that we discussed, but specifically on faith and politics and the integration of the two. So many have concluded that these two things, faith and politics, are not compatible. But if you don't have faith as a foundation, as an anchor point, then again, as Josh mentioned, you're going to find yourself all over the place. Your perspective on issues will change as the winds of culture change. So many great things were said, but I want to sum up for you in today's situation report. Number one, and I just mentioned this or alluded to this, faith must be the foundation, not only for your life, but for the governance of our country. For politicians that are not anchored to faith, they will shift, they will move. Their opinions and their decisions will change as culture changes. What is it that keeps a person on track, focused, moving forward, going in the right direction? A person whose life you can look at 30 years ago and understand that they hold the same positions today. It's someone that really understands faith, anchored in who they are before God. Where does that come from? This is our second point today in the situation report. This will only come and will only continue as we help the generation who's coming behind us to know where they came from and to understand why faith is important. There's a generation coming up today that believes faith is something their parents did, maybe their grandparents did. Faith is something that happens on Sunday. Faith is fundamental to living and fundamental, as we mentioned, to governing. All of that's rooted in our history, and we must communicate that to this generation that's coming up behind us, to our children, to our grandchildren, to those kids who will stop long enough to listen to us, help them understand why this is important. Finally today, and this is apparent, I think, we need to support men and women who understand faith, who can articulate faith, and who will fight for the faith that this country was founded upon. Fighting. We need fighters. Josh said this again and again and again, and he's absolutely right. We need folks who are not driven by the winds of culture, by the winds of opinion, but will stand strong on a foundation of faith and fight. 
What a great episode. What a great conversation today. And I trust that that was a help to you. When you get some time, go check out the website for Josh Mandel. Uh, maybe you don't live in Ohio. That's okay. You can still support. And if you can't support Josh, support people like Josh in your home state. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.